Welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and the future of the next generation. I'm your host, Crystal. And listen, here in the Orange offices, we are counting down the weeks to this year's Orange Conference. And trust me, things are busy here. But in the hustle and bustle, you can always kind of hear somebody in the hallway saying, hey, do you remember that time at Orange Conference? Or wait, were you here when this happened on stage? It's like we all have different favorite moments. And for this special episode of the podcast, we thought we'd share a few favorite moments with you. If you haven't signed up for OC23 in person or OC Digital, go do that now at theorangeconference.com. And for now, enjoy some of our very favorite moments of the Orange Conference. I still have my phone number in the back of one and a half million books. <laughs> I get a hundred calls a day. I can't get a thing done. It's terrific. <laughs> and there's this one kid that calls me. He, I must be from Mississippi because he's, he, he calls me up. He just cusses at me. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I thought I knew all the cuss words. Evidently there's new ones. And <laughs> And we've never gotten to what he's mad about. I have him in a caller ID under vulgar kid, because when he calls, I know I'm going to get an earful. <laughs> but I finish every conversation with him the same way. I let him know, I will always take your call. I mean, you guys, I'm not trying to be right anymore. I'm trying to be Jesus. And if we're going to love everybody always, then it means you're going to take a hit every once in a while. Following Jesus means leaving a life of being constantly misunderstood. And, and then it's always getting clarification. And I'm learning a lot about that. We, we went around the world with all this money from this book and just started schools, which cracks me up because my worst subject in school was school. But it turns out I'm okay at starting them. And we've got one in Iraq. And I woke up in the morning a couple trips there ago, and I, I woke up and I couldn't see out of my right eye. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I could have stared at the sun. And I went, I went to seven more countries before I got back to the eye doctor. Like a dummy, he said, you are the stupidest smart guy I've ever met before. And they've done five operations on this thing. I thought the last time they were going to put in ESPN, I'd be... <laughs> but before every operation, I asked the doctor the same thing. How much am I going to be able to see and when? And you know what, you guys? He won't tell me. He keeps saying the same thing. Bob, you're going to see more. And I think that's the message of the gospel of Christ to you and me. We don't know how it's going to turn out in our families. We don't know how this like the thing that happened here, this little retina, this thing that's that tiny, like pops off and then now you can't see anything. But the promise is that you're going to see more and you'll see more hope in people the more you're looking for it. I, hadn't, I decided I wanted a 1971 Volkswagen bus. I hadn't seen one in 20 years. As soon as I decided I wanted a 1971 Volkswagen bus, every third car is a 1971 Volkswagen. The same thing has happened to you. Look for Christ in people. Don't see who they were. These people, I've spent my whole life avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. And that's just got a change in me. I want to love everybody always. I want to start reaching out to the people that creep me out a little bit. And I'm trying to like understand where they're coming from. I want to see 
more. And when we start doing that, we'll start seeing more in our marriage. You'll start seeing more in, in a pastor that's above you that you just don't get. Like, you just see more. Our next favorite moment is a legendary one because if you had closed your eyes during this moment, you would have thought that Christopher Walken, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Morgan Freeman were all literally on the stage reading you your favorite children's books. Coming in at number nine, here's our friend, Brian Baskell. I thought it would be fun for us to revisit some of my favorite children's stories from the uh, elementary and preschool phase. And we're gonna do it by playing the It's Just a Phase Celebrity Challenge. They just told me I was reading children's books. That's what we told you, yes. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I am going to give you, Brian, a children's book. This is Goodnight Moon by Margaret Wise Brown. And you are going to read it in the style of a famous celebrity of which I will draw from this basket. Okay, so Goodnight Moon as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whenever you're ready. Good night, room. Good night, moon. Good night, cow. Jumping over the moon. <laughs> it's great, they love it. Listen to me very carefully. Good night, light, and the red balloon. Good night, bears. Good night, chairs. Good night, kittens. And good night, mittens. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, everyone. That was great. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that. That was kind of an easy one. Yeah. That's kind of an easy one. We're going to do this next one. If you give a mouse a cookie. There you are, sir. And let's see. Reading this one is... Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. If you give a mouse... He's gonna ask for a glass of milk. When you give him the milk, he'll probably ask you for a straw. When he's finished, he'll ask for a napkin. <laughs> Christopher Walken. That's great, that's great. Hey, you know, you know, Brian, I, I do some impressions. Did you know that? Oh, cool. Let's I, you, 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 you want the moon, Alice? I, I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great Cary Grant, man. It's a lost art. Nobody really does him. Uh, next book, Everyone Poops. It's true. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Um, as Morgan Freeman. 
An elephant makes a big poop. A mouse makes a tiny poop. A one-hump camel makes a one-hump poop. And a two-hump camel makes a two-hump poop. Only kidding. <laughs> That's great, man. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> You know, this is too easy for you. So, uh, so what we're going to do now, um, we're gonna, this is a lightning round, okay? Well, this is Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss, very famous book. Everyone knows it. There you go. Um, I'm going to let you, you can start reading the book, all right? And I will just start naming celebrities, okay? And then you just go rapid fire through them. You think you can handle it? Well, let's, let's do it. All right, let's okay. Do it. You start as, uh, start as Jack Nicholson. Go. That's Sam I am. That's Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Sean Connery. Do you like green eggs and ham? <laughs> I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them Sam I am. William Shatner. Would you like them here or there? <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. Ronald Reagan. I do not like <laughs> green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Johnny Carson. Would you um? Would you like them uh, in a house, or would you like them uh, with a mouse? <laughs> Michael Caine. I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. George W. Bush. I do not like them here or there. Barack. <laughs> Barack Obama. I do not like them uh, anywhere. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. I do not like green eggs and ham. <laughs> Yoda. Like them, I do not, Sam, I am. Hi, <laughs> Vestal, everybody. Thank you. Now, number eight was a big moment for Orange Conference history because this was the moment that Kristen Ivey challenged all of our thinking. While we were all patting ourselves on the back for being deep, Kristen let us know it's really more important to be personal. Here's Kristen Ivey with number eight. I'm so glad we're all here together. This is a moment that we all think about all year long, and I know that for me personally, I've thought about this theme, it's personal, 
um, all year long. And so I've been Googling things that have personal in them and just trying to do research and understand this idea of personal more. In the church, we like to talk about how faith is personal or how we have a personal relationship with Jesus. In our personal lives, we talk about our personal finances or maybe our personal portion size as we're eating a meal or deciding something like that. And uh, then, of course, there are teenagers who are here to remind us that it's not so personal, even though it is. But when we think about personal, sometimes I think we can understand it better if we begin to think about what the opposite of personal looks like. And so here's a thought, and I want you to kind of go with me for a minute, but what if the opposite of personal is being shallow? I mean, personal could be the opposite of shallow, and if you're like me, you're like, oh, that's really good news because I'm not shallow. I mean, like, he's a little shallow. But I mean, I'm not shallow, so that's good news, right? We're already personal, we're doing pretty good, but the truth is, I follow a lot of you on Instagram. Yeah, and right, I mean, we have to kind of slide that dirty laundry pile off to the side and throw a little Vosco filter on it so it makes the perfect square image. It's a little shallow. And some of you out there, you're like, that's why I'm not on Instagram, it's so shallow. Well, Reggie and I were speaking at an event this past year in Northern California. How many of you are from Northern California? That's great, you guys are gonna get this conversation because I was speaking to some leaders like you and they started talking about the characteristic differences between Northern California and Southern California. Some of you guys are here from Southern California, let's hear you again, yeah? So the gist of the conversation was that they called you shallow. They were kind of explaining over the course of the conversation how those people from Southern California, you know, they're fashionable and tan and good looking and, you know, they, they kind of have these amazing Instagram filters going on and, you know, so they were going through the conversations kind of bouncing back and forth between Northern California and Southern California until this one astute leader just made the comment, yeah, in Southern California they're so shallow they judge you on your appearance. Here in Northern California we only judge you on your academic achievements. Now that I have fully offended everybody here from California, can we just all agree that we can all be a little bit shallow sometimes? I mean, isn't that just kind of in us to occasionally be just a little bit shallow? Sometimes we're like, I see you over there with your tanning bed membership, and we're over here taking a photo of a book because we like the cover and the title, but we know we're never gonna really read it all the way through. We just think it's gonna make us look good. I mean. There's just this thing. What I love about the comment that that leader said that day is that it pointed to our tendency to correct the shallowness we see in somebody else by applying a different kind of shallow mask to ourselves. In the church, we like to say that we're not shallow, we're something else. You guys know what it is. It's the opposite of shallow. It's the really obvious opposite of shallow. And we use the word all the time in the church and you guys know what it is. The opposite of shallow, it's not Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I have been singing that song in my head all day long. But you know what it is, say it for me. We're not shallow, we are. That's right, we're deep here in the church. We go so deep, we are deep in the number of scriptures that we've underlined in our Bible at home. We're deep in how weathered that Bible really looks because it's so well loved. I mean, we're deep in the amount of Israelite history that we can name by heart. We're deep in our ability to explain to you the different three kinds of love that are in the New Testament. You do know the difference between eros and agape. 
I mean, if you think about it, I'm just making a guess here, and I could be way off base, but I think the number of people in this room who have tattoos that are in a dead language, that the percent's probably pretty high, like above norm. And, and I love me a dead language, I promise, I really do. There's some powerful stuff in there. But maybe that's not what makes us deeper. I mean, as an introvert, sometimes I like to be alone in my car singing a worship song where nobody else can hear me. And I can have a moment to myself and, and it, it feels good. But the fact that I know all the lyrics to that worship song isn't what makes me deeper. It just means that I'm smarter about our own subculture that we've got going here in the church. That's not what makes us deeper. And what if we just all decided for a minute that instead of being deeper the way that we usually define it, the opposite of being shallow could be for us to just decide we're gonna be more personal. I mean, isn't that a clearer alternative? Think about this. If you think about the difference between shallow and personal, shallow is fast, but personal takes time. Shallow is dismissive, personal is interested. Shallow is safe, but personal is risky. Shallow is familiar, but personal is unpredictable. Shallow costs money, and personal costs me. When we become leaders that get personal, we're going to be really uncomfortable. But you guys already know this. You work with kids and teenagers, so you experience this on a regular basis as a volunteer. It's kind of been my life. If you get into ministry, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, or your ministry is going to always stay a little bit shallow. Because there's going to be kids who are going to make life choices that don't line up with your values. But if you can't hear the real sins and life choices of kids, then the forgiveness that you offer is pretty shallow. There are gonna be families that you get to know that are going through all kinds of mess and all kinds of pain and all kinds of heartache, and you might be tempted to try to fix it before you feel it, but if there's pain that we can't really feel as church leaders, then the hope that we offer is shallow. Occasionally, there might be a podcast that comes out or an unchristian blog or article or research that you, know, you hear about, and you aren't immediately sure how to reconcile that with your current worldview and biblical perspective, and so it's kind of like you just want to dismiss that information. But if there's information that we can't even consider, then the truth that we share is shallow. Thanks so much for joining us as we get to know the voices of OC23. And if you like this episode, we would also love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out all the workshops and get your tickets for Orange Conference 23 at theorangeconference.com. We'll see you next time on the Think Orange Podcast.